Friends, we are so glad that you chose to join us this Sabbath. It's a pleasure to be journeying through scripture with you today. We are studying the lesson on death, dying, and the future hope. And we're looking at death and how it entered this world. It's another serious topic, but one that has overtones of hope in it. And so we hope that you can find that hope in the midst of all the suffering and challenges that sin brings. But before we begin, let's invite Jesus to be with us on this journey. Our good and gracious God, we want to thank you so much for giving us hope in the midst of challenges, in the midst of loss, in the midst of death and dying. We know that you have gone through that journey yourself and that you are on that other side waiting for us to also join you. And so please um, be with us as we study on how death, sin, and suffering entered our world is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I am so grateful to be joined by two wonderful ladies today. We have Kelly. Kelly, can you share with the, the group your title and a little bit about yourself? You are been on our, our, our Sabbath school broadcast before, but it's been a little bit it's been a little while. So Yeah. Thanks so much for having me here. Yeah. I feel like I'm surrounded by spiritual giants with <laughs> Pastor Joey and Adriana. So thank you so much for having me again. Um, my name is Kelly, and I am the Praxis Ministry, which is the young adult ministry here. And um, I am the ministry assistant and also the pastoral intern. And I guess a fun fact about myself is this weekend, this past weekend, I biked from Loma Linda, like from the front door of this church, to Huntington Beach with a few oh, friends. Wow. So it was really fun, a little sore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you'll find me randomly like stretching in like my office and stuff. But it was really fun. It was, you know, about 60-something miles, 67. Wow. And then we had a few friends at the beach waiting for us with mm. Big Franks and a bonfire. Oh, that's nice. It was super fun. And so we got to eat hot dogs afterwards and hang out on the beach. Wow. And I'm like, I want to do this again. And everyone's like, can we relax a little bit? <laughs> like, I want to do this every week. But yeah, it was super fun. Wow, that sounds like you. All that energy, all that excitement. <laughs> Wow, if I was at the end of that that bike ride, I would be like, I'm never doing this again. Yeah. <laughs> Once is enough in my lifetime. Wow. How long did it take you to make that journey? It was about five hours oh my of goodness. biking, but I think we rested a few times. Yeah. So we hung out, got some water, some snacks. Mm -hmm. So it was fun. And I think it's kind of like if you've ever done a half marathon or a marathon, like mm -hmm. during it, you're dying. Mm -hmm. But then afterwards, you're like, that felt so good. Mm -hmm. I want to do that again. Yeah. There's like this high that yes, comes from it. Exactly. Yeah, natural high. Yeah. Yeah, that's wow. Nice. And hopefully your friends, they offered you a ride back home. And yeah. You didn't have to bike back, right? <laughs> You're like, yeah. sorry, we don't have enough room. <laughs> yes, they also drove us back home, so okay. we didn't have to bike back. <laughs> that's good. That's awesome, Kelly. Well, we're so glad that you're here. And we're so glad that Adriana is here, our director of worship and music arts at our church. And uh, you were here last week, but I didn't get a chance to um, invite you to share a little bit about yourself to our viewing audience. So Sure. Um, so... I've been a teacher for 
30 years, and then two years ago, I transitioned to ministry, full-time church ministry, and I'm loving it. I'm loving it. I, I, I was wondering, am I going to miss, you know, the classroom? And honestly, I miss you students, but I'm very <laughs> happy uh, in, in just being in church ministry. It's just beautiful. And I see, uh, I think my heart has found its nest here. Mm. So I'm, I'm very, very uh, blessed and thankful to God for, for ministry. Wow. You don't know how happy that makes me to hear that you found, <laughs> your heart has found a nest here. I'm so glad. I'm so glad that you are here and you're a part of our community, you and your husband, your daughter, your son. Well, your daughter's in this community as well. Um, she abandoned us to pastor at a different church, but I guess That's we true. have to share the wealth. Exactly. Same God. <laughs> Same God. Amen. Amen. All right. So we're, we're looking at this, um, this lesson on death, dying, and the future hope. And we're still on the death and dying piece because we're looking at how death entered this world by the actions and choices of Adam and Eve. So mm -hmm. that's found in Genesis chapter three. So why don't we turn to that? Genesis chapter three. And we talked a little bit last week about perfection and how perfection is a growing process. Adam and Eve had growing to do. They were told not to eat of this fruit, this tree, uh, this fruit from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And then this happens. Genesis chapter three, verse one. Now the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, but God did say you must not eat fruit from the tree that is in the middle of the garden and you must not touch it or you will die. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. All right, let's pause there. Mm. So my question is, Adam and Eve are told by God, you can eat of any fruit in the whole garden. Just stay away from this tree. Don't eat of this fruit. And yet they somehow find themselves near this tree and um, they eat of the fruit. Hmm. Why? Why do you think they would make that choice? Like what, what would make them want to distrust God and believe the word of a serpent that they just met and eat this fruit when God said no? What would you say? Honestly, it kind of reminds me of my lactose intolerance. And I say this um, because, like, I love cake and cookies. And there was this one time where there was this beautiful butter croissant, and it was, like, layered. And I was, my mouth was watering just looking at it. It looked crispy on the outside, and, you know, like, soft on the inside. Yeah. And so I ate it yeah. and no one forced me to eat it, but it yeah. was so pleasing to my eye yeah. and I suffered later for it. Right. Yeah. I was like, man, I should have taken a lactate. I should have just not eaten it at all. I shouldn't have been looking at that butter croissant, yeah. but I did anyways. And I think it is, it is almost easy to forget that when Eve saw that the tree was good, yeah. she saw it was pleasing to the eye. Yeah. In that moment, she's not thinking of, oh, what did God say, right? Yeah. I think just as humans, we forget so easily, mm. right? Like someone told me last week to order an espresso machine every single day of the week, mm -hmm. and I forgot. 
the mm-hmm. whole week. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. I think that it's just so easy to forget. And especially when we don't walk a line with God in all in each step of our lives, if we don't ask God to enter into each moment with us, mm-hmm. I think it is so easy to forget who God is, what he's called us to do. Yeah. And ultimately, I think that's what happened here was, you know, Eve saw this looks so good. Yeah. And she just had this moment of like, let's let's full send, let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it would it actually makes it more um understandable picturing a butter croissant hanging from the tree <laughs> and a fruit. Because I've never wanted a fruit that badly that is willing to sin to get it. But a butter croissant hanging from that tree, I might right. think twice. Yes. <laughs> Layered, crispy, so good. No, it's it's amazing though how when we want something badly, like somehow it gets in our mind that we want and need this thing, how blind we get. Does that ever happen to you? Mm, like you absolutely. see something and you feel like I have to have this thing, whatever it is. For me, it's more in the realms of like electronics and things like that than it is like snowboarding equipment, tennis equipment. That's where my wants lie. And I feel like, oh, I have to have this. Like I become almost obsessed with it Mm -hmm. that um, it's hard to think of other things. Does that ever happen to you? Absolutely. God made us curious. Yeah. You know, that may sound like an excuse, but it it is true that we are curious by by nature, we are creative. We have Im- imagination. I was thinking it was um, Albert Einstein who said, imagination is more important than information, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to imagine things before creating things. Uh, you have to imagine formulas before testing them. Uh, so uh, God gave us imagination. And, and sometimes our best qualities become our worst uh, defeat or our worst um, failures Mm -hmm. and uh, so yeah it it is not very hard for us to to imagine Eve uh, just imagining that right Uh, because she was coming from a place that she was wired to of course she was not wired to sin but she was wired to be curious Mm. yeah so how you use that right how you use that and then in this version um, the serpent says, did God really say, in some other versions, say, um, who told you? Mm. Yeah. And I think that's such an important question. Who told you that? Uh, are you telling yourself? Um, wh- where is this truth coming from? And uh, and we have been talking a lot uh, with you and the rest of the pastors about the stories we tell ourselves, yeah. our own narrative. And uh, and you think, well, that was the garden, you know, the perfect garden. And, and these two um, human beings, they had um, connection, total, whole, perfect connection with God. Yeah. But there was still a place for curiosity, for imagination, for, yeah, what she did. Yeah, absolutely. It kind of reminds me of the quote I saw online, and it says, I'm so glad I did not get what I thought I wanted. (laughs) And I love that quote because you can apply it to almost anything in life. I think of a lot of people who read that who maybe come from broken relationships of thinking they wanted this certain relationship. And they're so glad now that they look back that they they didn't get what they wanted. 
it makes me look back on my just the last three years of the pandemic. And I thought I wanted so badly to get into medical school. That Mm -hmm. was my journey was to help and to heal the physically ill. Mm -hmm. And going through that journey, it was so tough on my mental health. It was so tough on I'm an extrovert and I, I was forced to study at all times. So I had to just kind of hermit away and study all the time. Mm-hmm. And it it really killed me on the inside. And to see now where I've journeyed into this mm-hmm. into this space of now I am into a pastoral role. And now it's not mm-hmm. a physical ailment, it's a spiritual ailment. And so mm-hmm. I'm still helping people, but in a spiritual realm. And I think that's so beautiful when you think of, you know, I I did not get what I thought I wanted mm-hmm. and I'm so glad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. Isn't that incredible? Like these things that we desire so strongly that we almost become obsessed about. Um, sometimes when we don't get it, it, we later realize how much better it was for us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, I, I've had that with relationships where I thought, oh, this relationship, if I just had this, if I, if I could have just dated this girl or if I could have had bought this thing or if I could have had, you know, all these desires and wants and longings, if I could have had this job, then then I would have been happy. And then you sometimes you get it and then you realize you're not happy. And then other times you don't get it. And then you realize later, oh, my goodness, it was such a good thing that that, that never happened. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That that we have these these desires that it's pleasurable to our eyes, like you like you said. And like Adriana was pointing out, Satan's pretty strategic about how he approaches this right Mm -hmm. with her the ways that he asked these questions Mm -hmm. of eve he says um did god really say or um um, who told you right this this almost introducing a little bit of doubt here yeah Yeah. and and he generalizes it you know the lesson does a good job of talking about how he generalizes and then he contradicts Mm -hmm. right and then he starts to sow these seeds of doubt right about who god is like um well you won't really die you know and there is some evidence there because there is the serpent there the serpent is in the tree the serpent could be eating of the fruit and the serpent's not dead so then maybe god isn't right maybe god doesn't know there are those seeds of doubt that that form have you ever experienced that before in your 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 journey with God, that there's times when you knew that God had said not to do this or this was not healthy, but then there was some something that sowed seeds of doubt, like, is this really that bad? Should I really stay away from this? Mm-hmm. Have that has that ever happened to you? No, never. <laughs> <laughs> I know who am I talking to? These two incredible women. I'm sure that has never happened to you before. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to hear yours. Oh, goodness gracious. Okay. We're about to get vulnerable here. So are you sure you don't want to go first? (laughs) I'm trying to, I'm trying to choose one. There are so many. Oh yeah. So many. I mean, it just reminds me of me, Kelly in her early twenties, you know, um, I know a lot of people might think I look like I'm in my early (laughs) twenties, but you know, it reminds me of me in my early twenties of, of knowing that what my parents have taught me, of knowing what the church has taught me, of knowing what scripture says, and yet wanting to go against it, of mm-hmm. wanting to go out into the world and to explore. Just as we said, I, I was so curious. Mm-hmm. And um, 
I think of the times when I thought that partying was super fun, mm-hmm. which it can be if it's done right. You know, if there's a Bibles and there's um, good food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, yeah. <laughs> ping pong table, you know. Table, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think back in the day, I, I was so incredibly curious about yeah. what it was like to go to college frat parties or mm-hmm. to um, experience that life. And you know, when you're young, you think, yeah, there's nothing wrong with this. But ultimately, as as time went on and the years went by, I just realized I was wasting so much of of who I was. This It was just, it was like I was spending all of this money, but in, in a way, I was th- using that money as my life. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm spending all of my life mm-hmm. down this black hole where... I'm not remembering the memories that I'm making. I'm not mm. taking care of my body. I am waking up with a headache and throwing up from parties or from drinking, mm. over drinking. And I think when you live that lifestyle, and I think over time, it just wears on you. Mm. And not not just like emotionally or spiritually, but it wore me physically. And mm. I just remember one day waking up and being like, I can't do this anymore. This mm. is just not sustainable. Mm. And what can I do to change that? And it's funny because, you know, at one point I wanted to go against what my parents taught me. Mm-hmm. And then I realized, no, I want to do what my parents <laughs> taught me because it just, it made sense. Mm-hmm. And I realized it was only for my good mm-hmm. that they taught me these things, yeah. right? And so recognizing that and eventually going back into the church, um, and I actually went to a Sunday church at first. I was actually afraid that Adventists would judge me. Mm-hmm. So I went to a Sunday church. Yeah. And I was there for about a year. And I kind of regained my confidence as a Christian. Mm-hmm. And went back into the Adventist church because I realized there's just so much beauty in this community of Adventism. Mm-hmm. And I know I grew up with a rich history of Adventism. And I knew that we could continue to grow just as much as Sunday churches or other churches have been growing. And I wanted to bring that into our Adventist churches as well. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I started off with thinking, I'm going to do what I want to do. And then reversing that into God, lead me, show me what Mm -hmm. you want me to do. And eventually now I'm back in the church Mm -hmm. and I'm absolutely loving it. And Idrani, you said that this place is like a nest. And I was Mm -hmm. like, I relate with that so (laughs) deeply. Yeah, Mm -hmm. this has become my home. Mm. Yeah. For sure. That's so beautiful. Wow. I, I mean, I love how you framed that, that you you saw it, that you were investing your life into something that was a black hole. Yeah. And that's something that it took time over time to realize. And that, I think, is sometimes the challenge with um, destructive behaviors is that it we don't always experience the destruction right away. Right. That's what happened to Eve as well. Right. She doesn't experience the death and dying right mm-hmm. away. Mm-hmm. Right. And those delayed, it's it's kind of like the, they tell you um, youth is wasted on the young. Right. Mm-hmm. Because when you get as you get older and older, the more you realize the compounding F, the compounding um, impact of the habits that we build. Right. Yeah. And so, you know, when you're when you're younger and you tell kids to brush their teeth every day, um, you know, if you miss a, a brushing, you don't get a cavity right away, right? right? But it's the compounding effect of the health on your gums and your teeth. I'm talking like a dentist. I'm not a dentist. <laughs> <laughs> but but there is this compounding effect that it has. The same thing with eating right and taking care of your body like you were talking about. These things, 
they they are felt over decades and not just even days or hours, right? And how much easier would it be to avoid sin if it were? Like, as soon as you forgot to brush your teeth, you lost a tooth. All of a sudden, you would be like brushing every single day, right? But it's not that way. And a lot of a lot of sin and a lot of these sinful actions that are destructive habits that you know God tries to keep us away from are not that way. They they have a compounding effect, and we only feel them in the long term. And that is that is a challenge, which is makes it so difficult for us to uh, to make those choices when it's so pleasurable right now. Right. right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Just as uh, it is very very hard for me to understand, you know, lesson one, uh, why Lucifer um, decided what he decided. I mean, mm-hmm. why in the world? Uh, for me to understand Eve is so easy. I mean, oh. yeah, I can I can understand. Oh. Yeah, of course, you know, there's a forbidden fruit and I will go for it. <laughs> yeah, so uh, that demonstrates that I'm so sinful. But, uh, it's not hard for me to understand that she was curious or, you know, whatever reason she had, she just went there. Yeah. Um, and, and it's just because, I guess, um, it's sin, you know, that that's part of who I am. That's my nature. So... I would I would do it, but uh, of course she didn't know the consequences. Yeah. Little she knew the consequences. I know. Yeah, yeah I mean we, we touched upon the idea that this was like pleasurable to the eye, right? There's this aspect of it fulfilling the appetite as well, right? Mm-hmm. It says in verse six, um, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom she took some and ate it. So there's like these three different choice factors that the author is describing. Um, So I guess we're getting vulnerable here today. For you, what is the, what is the easiest of these three? What is the most compelling of these Mm -hmm. three? When it comes to sin, is it the thing that, is it the thing that is pleasurable? Is it the thing that is pleasing to the eye? Is it the thing that you feel like is like, oh, this makes sense and this will be good for me, right? Which of these choices is most compelling when it comes to, to sin? Yeah, um, as a musician, I think that um, when you deal with art, <clears throat> and art is a lot about beauty, mm-hmm. uh, maybe you you are trained a little bit more um, to, to enjoy beauty and to value beauty. Mm-hmm. And, and I realize how much... Um, just looking for beauty uh, is behind many of my decisions and my yeah. choices. It's just amazing. And and I realize that society some, somehow, you know, capitalizes on that. Marketing capitalizes on that. So um, that can lead to sin. But at the same time, one more, one more time, the same rationale. God created beauty. God created this beautiful animal, you know, mm. and this beautiful garden and this pleasurable fruit so he created beauty he is beauty so uh one more time we can use it for better good doesn't have to be bad itself yeah so there's something that's very compelling about beauty and it seems like even god values beauty Mm -hmm. yeah it's true Hmm, i feel like it depends on the situation um because all three sound so good if if it were me i'd be like yeah it looks pretty mm-hmm. we're all about aesthetics it's 2022 mm-hmm. all the mm-hmm. people my age are all about aesthetics yeah, how true. things look um mm-hmm. pleasing to the eye 
and also desirable for gaining wisdom, mm. right? Like who wouldn't want to be smarter? Who wouldn't want to know everything that yeah. God knows? Yeah. And I think where Eve is coming from, she knows that she's a child of God. She has mm. a confidence to walk anywhere and know that she is 100% loved and cared for. And I think when you have that kind of confidence in you, you want to make the decision that you think is best. Mm. It almost maybe gets to your head a little bit. Yeah. Mm. And so when I when I see this story, I see myself totally, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. I can totally see myself walking and thinking that I am 100% with God. And the moment that I think that I'm continuing to be with God is a moment that I actually sin against mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And so I think I, I just I don't know. I feel like all three would be things that I would want. And at the same time. I don't blame her for wanting all three of these things yeah. and and thinking that she is walking alongside with God until after the fact yeah. that it has already happened. Yeah. You know, you bring up a good point that sometimes we're most vulnerable to sin when we are in a good place, right? Mm. When we're being successful, mm. when we're like happy, when mm. a lot of times we are vulnerable in those mm. spaces, when we're feeling trials and tribulations and struggles, there is a tendency to cling to God a little bit yeah. more, right? Sometimes those experiences push away us mm-hmm. away from God, but a lot of times it does, like we feel that need for God. But when we're con- when we're like, everything is good, then sometimes it can breed overconfidence. Yeah. Confidence isn't bad, but overconfidence and pride. And we talked about that for last lesson about Satan, like he was in this high position. He, right. he had, and, and yet in Ezekiel, they point to pride as being one of the primary reasons he fell mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. was because he felt like, I'm good. I, I can be confident in trusting myself and over trusting in God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For me, I would say <clears throat> all three are uh, pleasing. And I like to think of myself as a person who would pick the logical choice, you know, like, oh, this is good (laughs) for me. And that's why I'm going to do this. But if I look back into the sinful choices that I've made, it really came down to desire. You know, Mm. I desired something and I came up for reasons why I needed it after, right? It was more about the desire than it was about the logic and the reasoning and all of that. That came later. And I I figured out reasons for that, but I wanted it first, Mm -hmm. you know? And Mm -hmm. for me, that, that is... That is really at the core of some of the um, some of the worst times where I've fallen away from God's path is that there was just like this desire that I couldn't, I wouldn't let go of, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. It, it just hurts me to think that um, Eve didn't care about how God would take it, mm. you know, how would he feel about yeah. it, <clears throat> because God had been a perfect father for her, yeah. um, but it didn't, it was not, you know, heavy enough for her to make a decision. And uh, and the other day I was, I was reading that when we feel bad about God before making a decision, not feel bad about, but just care more for God's reputation, God's character, you know, what he has done, he has proven himself faithful. Uh, when we put that in balance before making a decision, that is a little bit of a sign of spiritual maturity. Mm. And and it's true. I was just thinking, as we were talking when I was a kid, <laughs> my dad was the principal of a school. And then I remember first grade, I realized that at the end of the school, the, the inspector of education of the whole country would come to the school and give this medal for 
the best student of a school. Mm-hmm. And I saw that eyes in my uh, in my dad. Uh, like, oh yeah, he he felt so proud of this student that you know everything ate. I was like, I want to be that student. <laughs> Just for my dad to look at me like that is wow. like I'm so proud of you. So mm-hmm. I did that the whole elementary school. Wow. You know? And that was my just the the beautiful moment in which I was like. Oh. Dad, I made it for you, and, and but I never told him I'm studying just for you. Right. But then I moved. We moved, and mm. my dad was not a principal anymore, and I didn't have any motivation to study. <laughs> that is so and, funny. And I started having just just bad grades um, <laughs> because I, I was just studying for her, for him to yeah. just give me that look, like, yeah, yeah. I'm proud of you. Um, so I, I I try to think of God like that father. You know, it's like, hey, you have two choices, just. Just try to remember that I'm here. I know that he or he's already proud of us. You know, mm-hmm. we don't need to impress him with our performance. But um, it is just sad that it was not important. It was not good enough for her how God felt, how he thought about her deed. You know, yeah. it's just sad. Yeah, I'm sitting next to a brainiac over here. <laughs> no, he lasted for four years. <laughs> Oh, no, it's true. And I think, I think also, you know, you would hope that God is in the forefront of our minds, Mm. but it is so hard to do that. Mm. And to even think that God was in the flesh in front of Adam and Eve, Mm. and yet Eve still forgot. Mm -hmm. Man, that is just. Yeah. Humans are so fragile and, <laughs> oh, so and sinful and, you know, naturally curious. I also wonder sometimes, though, was this the only other being in the garden that could speak to them? Mm. Because at sometimes we make new friends mm. or we, we meet someone who's new and we don't know who they're all about, but mm. they're like our new friend. They're our only friend that we've mm. made. And so we're in this new community and, you know, she's the new girl in town. And there's this guy who's just like, hey, come and try my fruit over here, you know? That sounded a little creepy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, out of my van. <laughs> no, but you yeah, kind of wonder, I like, is this yeah. your only other friend? Yeah. And is it to... Is it to please the other person as well? Mm. You know, how many times are we placed in situations where all we want to do is to make that person happy or make yeah. this new friend mm. happy? And so we do everything we can. We sacrifice ourselves in order to get their affirmation. Oh, yeah. Yeah. When in actuality, what are we here for in the long run? It's yeah. for God's affirmation, right? Yeah. And so I kind of wonder, like, who are the other characters in their yes. early Bible because we yeah. don't know, right? Yeah. Like it just says Adam and Eve and mm-hmm. then the serpent. And so it's kind of like, well, if that's the only friends you have, maybe, <laughs> me, you know, I don't blame her either. That was her only other friend. She was just lonely. <laughs> Eve was just lonely. She, Adam, Adam had kind of got a little boy for her. Yeah, <laughs> maybe. Just, I don't know. No. You know, it's true. I mean, it's it's hard to tell like what her motivations were because we yeah. don't, we're not given the glimpse of this. But um, there does seem to be, to me, some kind, something else happening. Because why would she even go there, right? Mm. Like, she doesn't just randomly find herself at this tree. There is, right. you know, I, I love. I, I I spoke about in my sermon a couple of weeks ago about um, 
a book that George Knight wrote, I Used to Be Perfect, and how he mm-hmm. talks about sin begins in the heart, not outside, mm-hmm. right? So the sin has its origin in the heart, and those that sinful heart leads to sinful actions, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just wondering what was going on in mm-hmm. Eve's heart that yeah. made her even wander towards a tree. Was there some doubt in God? Was there a longing an unfulfilled longing that she wanted or needed and she went looking for, right? Yeah. What is that? What what was that? And I was talking to um, Zach, who is always behind the camera and does an incredible job, right? Everyone, Zach is he's amazing. amazing. Yeah, we don't always call him out because he doesn't like to be called out, but Zach is incredible. <laughs> but Zach and I were talking um, beforehand about how often sin, sinful actions are um, counterfeit ways of getting at good desires, right? So mm-hmm. it's not the desire for a friend or a desire for um, companionship or acceptance or love or belonging that it's bad. It's how we try to fill those desires mm-hmm. that often lead us. So in in the Bible, it, it always frames um, Israel wanting safety and security, but instead of turning towards God, they turn to turn towards Egypt, right? Mm-hmm. And they ask Egypt for that. And that is where the sin happens, right? It's trying to fulfill the desire that we have that is good for something, but trying to fulfill it in, in inappropriate ways. Mm-hmm. And maybe that's what's happening here. And I'm wondering, the Bible doesn't say, but what is the counterfeit desire? What is the desire that was in her heart that she tried to get by eating the fruit, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Because there seems to be something broken yeah. already, even yeah. before yeah. she picks that food. Because yeah. why would she even be there? Right. Yeah. She's, she's not on a random stroll. <laughs> yeah, it's right. not like, did I randomly walked into right. this place? Yeah. 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 You know, it reminds me of the prodigal son parable. Yeah. And then Jesus, um, when he conveys that message, uh, the father represents God, the father, right? Mm-hmm. And there are two kids, and none of them really get what the father is about mm-hmm. um and and it, when i think about adam and eve it's like really i mean god has created you from scratch you have seen yeah. him face to face but still you you don't get what he's about yeah. um so it, I, i'm in the same space that i was three minutes ago um if God is always inviting us to seek him, to mm. seek his face, because he knows that that is the only thing that will satisfy, fully satisfy our soul, mm. the only thing. Everything else doesn't really completely satisfy. And, and that is true worship. You know, when you have that connection with God and you feel like like this little piece of a puzzle that is there and, oh, yeah, I belong here. You know, mm-hmm. I I belong to this creation. Is is that full connection being a creature and then a creator? And I'm here. I belong to you. You just wanna dwell there. Mm-hmm. That's where you belong. Mm-hmm. That's where you were made uh, to be at. Uh, but for some reason, she it was not complete for her. The the full God experience in a perfect place. Mm-hmm. There was something missing. I don't know what that was. Um, some people they they say, and there is. Um, uh, I grew up listening to to this uh, as a woman. She was uh, apart from her husband, and that was the first mistake, you know. Mm. And there's a lot to say about that. Yeah. Um, I I I I can agree or not, but there was something missing. That that that's 
That's true. And yeah. when I try to think about our experience, you know, where is it that the God experience doesn't fully satisfy? Why? Yeah. You know. It is interesting though that I I've you know we we talk about that a lot that she wandered away from her husband but I mean in the in this in the passage now it it does say that she um she also gave some to her husband this is verse 6 mm-hmm. who was with her and he ate it mm-hmm. so I mean there's some debate about when he was with her right. and what does with mean how far was he away from her mm-hmm. but there does seem to be some dynamic that he's not far away Mm-hmm. either so there is some participation that adam is having in this mm-hmm. yeah. we're talking a lot about eve because eve is the focal point of this passage but adam also is a part of this decision process where he chooses this and you can say that adam did it for noble reasons like oh you know um eve i'm gonna eat this fruit because i'm willing to die with you i'd rather die with you than live apart from you right like Romeo we can make it Juliet, we can make right? it so yeah right so romantic until you go a few verses later and he just totally throws her under the bus right, right. Yeah. That's, and that's the problem with sin right yeah like it could even have the most noble purpose and the noble mm. reasons but it destroys us from inside mm. out and that's the problem um i love gk chesterson's quote that um Men do not differ in what they call what evils they call sin. They differ in what evils they call excusable, mm-hmm. right? So wow. we 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 would say these things are wrong, but when it's for us, a lot of times we're saying, "Well, there's a reason why we can do this. This is understandable. This is excusable for us, right?" Mm-hmm. And yet, even the most excusable sins have a destructive impact on us. Um, sin starts at the heart and goes outward, but the outward action also has a feedback route in also destroying our heart as well. And so it just continues this, this process. Yeah. yeah. I think a lot of what we're reading about is I'm just processing all this as you're talking, as both of you are talking. And as I'm processing this, I'm thinking a lot of the times that I have sinned or that I have even characters in the Bible have sinned, you know. Um, I recently preached on the story of Joseph. Mm-hmm. And he had, you know, these beautiful dreams that his family would bow down and worship to him. And his brothers were jealous mm-hmm. and hated him. Mm-hmm. And then you read later that they, out of their own self-desires, sold him off to slavery. Mm-hmm. And you see where Joseph's characters also really being developed throughout mm, that story. It's true. Because at the beginning of the story, when Joseph is introduced, he says, look at me, I have all these dreams. Mm. And then you read a little bit later in the story and uh, the chief cupbearer and the baker are in jail with him. Mm. And they're like, we had this dream. Mm. And Joseph is like, tell me, I, I can interpret those dreams for you. Mm. And then he's stuck in jail for two years. Yeah. Mm. And you kind of wonder what happens because eventually when Joseph is out and Pharaoh, you know, asks for him to interpret his dreams, you see the response that Joseph has and it's no longer arrogance. It's no longer pride. It's no Mm. longer about him. And I think that's what kind of Eve is looking at too. It's it's, at first it's about her, right? But in Mm. Joseph's response, it is, I can interpret these dreams if God allows me and God Mm. wills me to. Mm. And so I think it's there's just something beautiful about understanding that sin, although as terrible as it may be, there's so much to learn from the sins and mistakes that we have made, that mm. there's still hope mm. 
and the end. There's redemption. And that no matter what, God is continuing to bless us, whether we sin or we don't sin. Isn't that crazy to think about? That God is so incredibly Mm -hmm. loving and caring that he will still bless us, whether or not we decide to leave. I mean, when I left the church, you would think God would be like, oh, I'm going to smite you now. You know, (laughs) you didn't want me? Fine. I'm a God of omnipotence, you know? Mm -hmm. And to think that God was still blessing me along the way Mm -hmm. and molding me and growing me in my sinful path and now creating me into this person that I have become. And I'm still learning. There is no, I'm nowhere close to perfection. But to think that God has continually dwelled within my life, even when I haven't seen it. And I think in this story Mm with Eve, she strayed. She come like, and we're all like, oh, Eve, you're the worst because you're the first one to sin. Right. And so all this attention is on her. Yeah. But you see the goodness of God throughout mm-hmm. all of it because God still seeks her out. Mm-hmm. He still blesses her. He still yeah. creates generations after generations yeah. of people that will eventually bear his own son. Yeah. Isn't that so wild to think it about? It amazing. gives me chills just mm-hmm. thinking about it. That is mm-hmm. that is so powerful. Yeah. And, and that's what they talk about here is that even in the midst of all of this death and destruction, there's all this loss, this this curses that come as a result of the, the choices that may, that they made. There's something that um, theologians refer to as um, proto-evangelium, right? Which is the first gospel message that, that the fact that God places enmity, right? Between the serpent or between Satan and, and us and saying, even though this has happened, you're not lost forever. Right. Um, he, he writes in um, verse 15, and I will put enmity between you and the woman, between your offspring and hers. And then there's this interesting thing that happens in the Hebrew. It goes from plural to singular and says he will crush your head. So it's a particular mm-hmm. offspring that they're pointing to. Mm-hmm. He will crush your head and you will strike his heel. So this point that most scholars point to this as the first gospel message that there is going to come. There is going to come a descendant of the woman. How appropriate, right? Mm-hmm. She's the first one who made this choice. She will be the, the one who delivers a child that will, mm-hmm. that will bring about the deliverance of the whole, um, the whole of all of humanity. There's this that even, even though we make choices that get off God's path, he is the hound of heaven. I like. I think it was G.K. Chesterton actually who said, who refers to God as the hound of heaven, mm-hmm. who never gives up on our set, mm-hmm. will always keep seeking us. Mm-hmm. That's so beautiful, Kelly. I love that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. and I love the story of Joseph because you see that he could have every reason to hate God. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was thrown into slavery and thrown into jail, and then eventually rise. I mean, eventually rises up, but. In those moments, I can't mm-hmm. imagine. It says he didn't turn into a king until he was 30. Mm. So those 30 years mm. was just character building. Wow. Yep. Right? And to yeah. think that the place that he was enslaved became the place that he ruled. Yeah. To see that kind of disparity and growth throughout that and to see where he eventually became, you know, basically second in command of the nation mm-hmm. and then grew this beautiful history and lineage of his family it just makes you think like if joseph is able to continue to grow in that way to break the generational cycles in his family mm-hmm. how much more is god working in our lives today it's the mm-hmm. same god back then and the same god that we have today and the same power that is given to us through the holy spirit mm-hmm. it makes you just really wonder like 
you know what? If I mess up today and if I sin, I'm going to learn from this and I'm going to do better. I'm going to keep growing because I think ultimately that's the idea is we will keep messing up. And it's one thing to to be sorrowful and and feel repentance over that or or maybe feel like, oh, I can never be good again. Um, I think that's, you know, a time to just kind of mourn over maybe certain mistakes that you've made or, or whatnot. But I think ultimately the beauty of it is there's always redemption. Always mm-hmm. redemption. I think that's so important what you just said mm-hmm. because um, we all struggle with guilt and shame, yes. right? Yes. We all try to put it somewhere and that's kind of the story of our life. The other day I was talking to a friend of mine who lives in Canada and he he is um, pursuing a master's in psychology and the specialty is um guilt in christian people mm. so it's basically you know for us for our religion um how to deal with guilt in a very specific way related to the truth that we've been told is very hard and he was saying it's very interesting how for some other religions is um it's, it's different mm. but for christian it's especially hard to deal with guilt and i was thinking that was that's very interesting wow. because i think that from that day you know oh it was her no it was him so mm-hmm. we we're we are in the same place mm-hmm. trying to make sense of our guilt and then what you say is but god is a god of redemption so even in in the middle of that drama and that guilt uh, happening he comes with a plan that uh, that also has a lot to do with him giving himself right yeah. so it's just it's just really um amazing that concept i i love it yeah and you know that the the difference i've heard that the difference one person framed the difference between shame and guilt is shame is guilt is saying that i did something wrong mm-hmm. um shame is saying i am something wrong mm. right and it's because it's incredibly disempowering to say I, there is no way that I can change. Like mm-hmm. there's no future outside of that's what shame, it it keeps us from being able to take that next step with God. And what you're pointing out, Kelly, and also you, Adriana, is this, that there is always hope. This is mm-hmm. on death, dying, and the future hope, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, that when we have God with us, he always makes a path. There's always going to be a window open. There's always going to be a door open, door ajar for us to be able to get out of whatever situation that we're in. There's always some hope that we'll be able to escape. And I love, like you said about Joseph's story, what's powerful about Joseph's story is not only Joseph grows, his brothers grow, right? I mean, the growth process for Judah is also very incredible. Like that whole experience with Tamar, I think was a big turning point for him. You know, when he finally realizes this is what I've done to people. This is how I've destroyed people's lives. And there is a turning point there to the point where he's actually willing to sacrifice himself for the sake of a brother um, that he would have killed before in many years ago, right? It's his idea to kill too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) So there is this like growing process. So Joseph gets to the place where he can forgive Judah gets to the place where he can ask for forgiveness Hmm. over many, many decades apart. And yet God doesn't give up on them. And because they don't give up on God's process, they also are able to grow. That is beautiful. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Um, Can we point out one more thing, though, that is kind of a fun fact? Go ahead. So I've always wondered this, but when you look at Genesis 3, 
verse 7, it says, Then the eyes of both of them were opened, mm -hmm. and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Mm. Have you ever wondered, how do they sew fig leaves? <laughs> have you ever wondered that? <laughs> I have genuinely wondered this. It has kept me up at night. And I'm like, they didn't have needles and sewing. Like, I remember reading this as a kid and never really thinking about yeah. it. But now yeah. I, like, read everything and I, like, second guess everything. Yeah. So I actually like looked up the original language, and it literally means to sew together. Mm -hmm. So I started asking people in the Praxis Ministry and our yeah. young adults, and I was like, "What do you think this means?" And someone goes, "I think they used horse hair and like yeah, <laughs> poked holes and sewed it wow. together." Yeah. But I think the there was never actually nothing I could actually read that actually said what it was. So I hope everyone just uses their best imagination. Yeah. But I was thinking. You look at fig leaves. I mean, these are just regular tree leaves behind us, but that's not very comfortable, yeah. right? Mm. And you and you think of like the things that we try to do in order to redeem ourselves. Mm. We sow fig leaves, mm. but then you read later that God, yeah. what does He create for them? Yeah. Fur coats. Yeah. Right. Mm. He kills an animal, sacrifices the first animal, and creates mm. fur coats for them. Mm. And if God can create a fur coat, like, what else can God do for <laughs> us, right? <laughs> if we each, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And so I've always thought it was so interesting that when we try to redeem ourselves, we create fig leaves, which fall mm. apart, which mm. maybe aren't sewn perfectly together. Maybe we're still cold. And yet God creates for us fur coats and redemption mm -hmm. and and love yeah. and he's the one who redeems us even when we're at fault yeah mm -hmm. that's so beautiful yeah, yeah. what yeah. god can do versus what we try to do ourselves yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. but then you know there is that other element that that we have to mention is that god can make good come out of evil come, come out of our bad choices but there is always a cost right mm -hmm. the fur coat came at the cost mm -hmm. of the life of of the animal and i think that's the point that god is making is yeah. I, I am there is redemption available for you but there is also loss yeah. right mm -hmm. and we when he starts to enumerate the losses that they'll experience i mean i can't have just imagine being adam and eve mm -hmm. they came from sinless perfection and they, they're finding out i mean their relationship with nature is broken their mm -hmm. relationship with god is broken their relationship with each other they're blaming each other yeah. and attacking each other is broken their relationship with um themselves that that their 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 work will be in a struggle now their lives will end in dust like all of these things that they're they're now discovering the cost of sin um you know it's ironic that ravi zacharias said this but he said sin will take you keep you longer than you want to stay and take you further than you want to go hmm. powerful statement hmm. even made more powerful by realizing the, his history and what we found out about his past and how he took advantage of hmm. of women yeah. in his ministry hmm. but that's the reality right that mm -hmm. it always starts out small but it gets way bigger. It always ends up so much bigger than we would ever imagine. And that's the cost of sin, yep. which is why God says, stay away from it. But if you can't, if you don't, and you will, you know, we all mess up. There's a way back. Mm -hmm. yeah, There's hope. Absolutely. You know, I, uh, I remember last year when I came, or two years ago when I came, I went to um, this neighborhood and I met this um person that uh, didn't have any shelter and then I had a conversation with the person and and I felt compelled to 
um, do something for him. So I called my husband and I told him, um, can you come and then maybe we can together, um, you know, provide for him, do something. And I call our Yurich pastor, Lina Mendes. And then I, we, we just went with him and it was just so wonderful, the conversations that we had. And he stayed here at the, the Loma Linda Inn mm. and, and it was good. And then at the end, after two or three days, he had to leave. He told me, you know what? I know you see me as a homeless person. But I, I, I'm just one choice away from having a regular life. Mm. Wow. I used to have a family, a home, mm. a job. I made one wrong decision and I'm here now. Mm. And it was so shocking for me uh, to listen to what he said. I was like, and, and then he went back to mm. being in the situation that he chose to be. And it was so puzzling because we were giving him options, you know. Yeah. There are programs, you can do things. Just like, no, I prefer to go back to this. And, yeah. and But he was very aware that I just made one wrong choice. I, that will always stay with me. Mm. And, and I had a conversation with Linda, and he was, she was telling me, that's most of the people we try to serve. Sometimes it's just this one choice, and then... The direction of their lives just went in a different, you know, yeah. uh, place to a different place. So when I think about it, um, it's just one choice. <laughs> it's just kind of scary to think, but it is true that we have the opportunity to make choices um, holding us hand, knowing that there is always a plan, but there's always also consequences to our decisions. Huh? Yeah. yeah, that is powerful. Yeah, I mean, our choices can have tremendously powerful positive effect but it can also have a destructive effect on our lives mm. but the hope is that there's always a way back god will never give up on us mm. as long as we don't give up on him Amen. so let's not Amen. give up on him Amen. will you pray for us um kelly sure. heavenly father lord we thank you for this beautiful sabbath day for this time to rest this time to dwell in your presence lord mm. I thank you for the conversation that we had today, Lord, to understand a little bit more about what you are about, Lord, of your love and ultimately your redemption. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for being a God of forgiveness and a God that will always choose to believe in us, even when we don't believe in you, Lord. I pray that you continue to walk with us, speak to our hearts, our minds, and our souls, and that, Lord, you will continue to grow us no matter what direction that mm -hmm. we decide to take. Mm -hmm. We love you. In your name we pray. Amen. 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 So friends, remember, no matter what you've done, no matter where you are, no matter what choices you've made, there's always a way back for you. So don't give up on the God who never gives up on you. Have a wonderful Sabbath. Mm -hmm.